That was Matt Sterling. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, Matt picks up where he left off in part one. He went to college in Santa Cruz. And all my travels have still not found anywhere that I, not that I'm looking, but I still have never found myself in a situation that I would be happier in than here. He lived on top of Telegraph Hill and talks about his love for North Beach and nearby Chinatown. Matt worked a few different jobs after returning, including at the Edgewood Center for Children and Families. After that, he found himself bartending at various bars owned by the Tonic Nightlife Group. And this was how he started hosting pub quizzes. Side note, Matt wrote the quiz at our first ever San Francisco Trivia Night back in September. He ends this podcast responding to our theme of We're Still Here. Here's Matt. We never went um, outside of the country, but my sister was an Irish dancer, which is another like very common Irish Catholic San Francisco thing. So my sister was an Irish dancer, and every year she would compete in the national competition, which took place in a different city in the country. And we, my family, my mom, my dad, my older siblings had grown at that point. So it was just the four of us, my mom, my dad, and my younger sister. And we would get in a minivan and drive to wherever it was and see places along the way. Uh, The the competitions were always in major cities. So Mm -hmm. they were in Chicago, they were in Phoenix, New York, there was one all the way in Vancouver, but that was our way of seeing the country and seeing other big cities Mm -hmm. was going to wherever my sister's competition was and building a little family vacation around that. And that's awesome. And I'm, you know, the experience of, of going to and and figuring out what all these other places are. But, but I think depending on where you're from, it can also give you perspective on, on that place. Right. I never got the urge to like, really want to be somewhere else right. which I know a lot of people do I'm the only out of all five of my or all five of us kids I'm the only one that's still here Okay, one is in Australia one's in Hawaii one's in Colorado and one is like in the Sacramento area but I'm the only one that's still in the city I had just never got not that I think anybody any places are worse but um, right. I never got the urge that was like that's where I need to go okay. I need to be here instead of San Francisco. Okay. Do you remember the the choice of going to UC Santa Cruz? Do you mm-hmm. remember what that was like? Were, were yeah. there were there any other candidates or? Yeah, it came down to Boulder and Santa Cruz. Okay. Which I, I mean, I don't. I obviously didn't go to Boulder, but I hear that there's a lot of similarities in just terms of um, personality and culture there. I was just there. Um, yes. Okay. Um, but I grew up going to the boardwalk Mm -hmm. also like that was a thing that happened every summer Mm -hmm. um is um i we had family members that used to have a cabin in boulder creek um which is very close to santa cruz in the santa cruz mountains and so every year we would go to the cabin and go as kids to the boardwalk um which you know seemed so much bigger in my head then than it is when i went to college and i was like "Uh um it's so much smaller than i thought but 
I, I grew up loving Santa Cruz. So I knew that that a place of like my heart and something that felt like home was already there for me. And I wanted to stay closer to home. Boulder felt Got like it. too far for me. Um, yeah. And I waited until the very last day to return your like letter of intent. And I drove down there and the campus is stunning. Yeah. UC Santa Cruz campus is stunning. Yeah. And I, and the drive there, especially if you take highway one is beautiful. And so I thought, you know, this is a great commute. (laughs) Right. I would like to, this is where I want to live. And so I got to live above the beach and in the forest and down on the beach and able to get in the car and come home in about an hour and a half's time whenever I wanted to. Awesome. You lived among the banana slugs. I lived, I was a slug and I lived amongst them. Yeah. 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 I still move at a sluggish pace to this day sometimes. Uh, Random Santa Cruz question. Did you ever go to the, and ever forgetting the name, the crepe place that also had uh, live music. The crepe, yeah. I lived right around on, twice I lived on neighboring blocks. So I could just, you could just walk there. Okay. Yeah. Great place. Did you know that? Great place, great place. Great place. um, That Adam Bergeron, who runs the Balboa Theater, Mm. He ran that place back Oh, there. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. I just yeah. went to the Balboa Theater a couple of weeks ago to see an old... They played The Craft on VHS. Awesome. Yeah. We um, love Adam on this show. And we've, okay. We've had him on this show. I'm a big He's fan a, of Balboa. I'm thrilled really that they are that they made it through. Yes. Um, and that they're still showing like old movies on VHS. And, you know, yeah. I bought a t-shirt there and like make sure that we support, you know, the local businesses. And yeah. Hell yeah. Happy for them. Awesome. So, um, did you, did you graduate? Did you stay four years, five? How oh, long? I stayed more. I graduated in five years and I stayed an extra year okay. because I didn't want to leave. Okay. So I, I had essentially like what you would call like a gap year mm-hmm. instead of before college, I did it after college <laughs> and I funny. like worked lightly just enough that I, you know, had all of the bills paid and covered. And I spent like about a full year with like, a surfboard attached to my beach cruiser, just like yes. riding to the beach and surfing and like hiking. And there were still many friends that stuck around as well. Um, so I, yeah, I rode that out as long as I could before I was ready to like get back. I, I am certainly a city kid mm-hmm. at heart and still am. So mm-hmm. Santa Cruz was lovely, but after six years there, I was like, I need to get myself back to the city. Right. That might, I'm again, just going to guess but that might also be a function of age to where you're like, Oh now, you know, it's time to get a job. It's, well, that too. <laughs> I need to enter the real world. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, th- those are obviously, I feel like that's toward the end of formative years. Right. Right. There's people who definitely nomads who move mm-hmm. around all the time and God bless them. But um, yeah. So, so what was the decision to move back? Was it, I just feel the connection. Yeah, there. it's it, for I, like I said, it was it was like a kind of gap year in which I just really like ch- truly like chilled out and cruised around, and I wanted to come back to the city. Most of my friends from high school that had gone to college elsewhere had come back to the city, mm-hmm. so a new version of life here with all of my friends was emerging, you know, and everyone was entering various degrees of the workforce Mm -hmm. and uh, beginning their adult lives. It was the first time that I had 
come back and lived alone, lived outside of my parents' house. Oh, right. So it was my first time living on my own in the city, which was an entirely different experience okay. as well. What neighborhood was that? I lived at the top of Telegraph Hill in Ooh, Knob Hill. Um, okay. At the top of Kearney, um, right below Coit Tower. Oh, wow. Um, which was just the best for that my first time living alone in the city, it could not have been better because North Beach still is so Just vibrant say, yeah. and so lively and picturesque mm-hmm. truly in so many ways. Um, and also right next to Chinatown, which mm-hmm. I also love a lot. And so that whole area right on by Fisherman's, there's just so much going on in such a small compact area and to be in my you know mid twenties and living on my own in like an old building at the top of that hill was yep. just the best. It yeah. was the most, most fun. You said mid 20s. So this is like the late 2000s. Yes. The late 2000s. Yeah. Was it? I oh. came back from Santa Cruz in 2008. Oh, interesting. Year. I think. Yes. Right. Right before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you experience any of that? Like I didn't. Okay. Okay. Good. I mean, to be, I didn't. You didn't have a job that you lost, or I didn't have a job that I lost. I worked um, for a catering for my friend's catering company, Um, and so even though not a ton of people were, you know, make booking like large fancy events, people will always. I mean, and even even during recession, like people will always need to eat and drink basically. So, um, I worked for in service industry for my friend's catering company and I didn't experience any of that. And then my entire family was always working in like civil or public service. So that didn't necessarily hit very close to home for me. Okay. Well, I guess now that we have you back in the city, have you been here ever since? Yeah. I've been here ever since. <laughs> let's just I've been let's here just ever hear since. the story. And I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I've been here ever since. I definitely get my travel bug out, um, but I've been here. There's a world. Yeah, there is a world. Of course, some of it. Is I have worth. to remind myself of that sometimes, but I do that well enough. And in all my travels, I've still not found anywhere that I not that I'm looking, but I still have never found myself in a situation that I would be happier in than here that's noteworthy yeah it really is i mean and a tremendous amount of that has to do like i said with my large family Mm -hmm. and um if i were to uproot myself from not just my like my parents are one thing but all of my cousins and my cousins kids and my aunts and uncles to have so many of us Mm -hmm. um would just be detrimental for me for like my mental and emotional health and happiness to uproot myself from that and be far away. Right. Um, yeah. Do you get the thing, this happens to me and I'm a transplant, okay. um, but I, I've been here for a, for a minute, but it started happening pretty much right when I moved here in 2000. I had never lived anywhere. I, at that point I had left my parents home and been gone for about seven years, done this and that and this and that. But San Francisco was the first place I lived where, and I, I, I love like trap. I can't not travel mm-hmm. like not not traveling during the pandemic was more detrimental to me than like not being able to go to my go to a restaurant or whatever. Sure. Anyway, um, it hadn't happened until I moved here where I would travel and I was starting to go to like some amazing places, but where I would come back and I'd be like, 
that was a great trip, but I'm really stoked to be home. Oh yeah. That never happened. Does, yeah. did, did that happen to you? Always. Yeah. I'm always happy to get home. Um, I would travel to, you know, I made sure that I got out and saw a lot of places and, you know, I backpacked in Europe f- alone for six weeks um, after college and saw a lot of different lifestyles and cultures and, you know, ways that people live. And mm-hmm. um, at like four weeks in, I was like, I got to get back to the <laughs> Bay. Um, stat. Um, I imagine not that, like, that I didn't appreciate all of that, but because it, this is my home. I imagine a tether. Like yeah, going across the U.S. and then going across the Atlantic, where it's like right. we let you out there, and then like, come yeah. on, come on back. Yeah, it yeah. just that it that was the first time um, that I really it became very clear that like this is my home, and that it um, it really means everything to me in terms of mm-hmm. my not my identity and you know my happiness and. Mm-hmm what I want for myself and my life is um, all very much tethered to San Francisco and it being a place that truly feels like home. I feel like, um, if, if I may, I feel like part of your identity is the places you do work, the places you mm-hmm. did work, and, and obviously pub quiz. So let's, yeah. let's fill in the gaps. Yeah. Um, and not speed round. No, that's okay. So yeah, I, um, going back, yeah, I, I came back, lived in North Beach for several years. Um, and then um, I spent time working at a facility in the Sunset that serves um, youth who are victims of abuse, neglect, or trauma, um, who suffer or deal with mental illnesses or behavioral challenges and their families as well and serves not only the San Francisco community but the Bay, the greater Bay Area. Right. Um, and so oh. I spent many years working there. Is that Edgewood? It is, yeah. That's where you met our good friend Lindsay. That's where we met Lindsay. And I, I want to give Lindsay a Lindsay. shout out. Please. Yeah. Because Lindsay, Re- Lindsay Repco is responsible for this happening. Yes. So. And I love her. Yeah, but um, yeah, I spent many years working there, um, and then when it was time for me to take a break and switch gears, I kind of stumbled backwards into working for Tonic Nightlife Group, um, which is a bar and nightlife group here in the city that has had many inter- iterations and um, a number of bars um, over the years, and that was. Do you want to go through all of them? Or, yeah, or as, many I mean, as, you may, as many as you can. Not, not all of them are still are still open, but That's um, great. it's Tonic Not Life Group because it started with Tonic, right. which originally was at Polk and Union mm-hmm. before moving just nearby to us um, down into the Tenderloin, mm-hmm. um, which is now another bar. But um, they still currently have Soda Pop, which is where we are now, and Teeth over in the Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, originally <clears throat> Dr. Teeth. Originally, Dr. Teeth. They got a cease and desist from the Muppets. I believe. I think think that's safe to assume. There's no Muppet memorabilia inside, but... but yeah, it's that is what it began as Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Right. Which is the Muppets house band. Mm -hmm. Um, And then over the years, they've had Wild Hair. Mm -hmm. um, And I started with them at Lightning Tavern, which was on Union in the Marina. Okay. Um, And... Yeah, there have been several others and many incarnations, but that was another new phase of life in San Francisco being the only non-transplant 
the owners are from the East Coast. Pretty okay. much everyone else that came to work for them were like young people that had just moved to the Bay and had been working in the service industry or wanted to get into the service industry to get to know the city. And so I would always have people ask like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from here. Yeah. Like, no, you're <laughs> Down not. The, the street. Like, no, I am. Yeah. Like, we feel like we never meet people from the city. You're like a unicorn. The unicorn, yeah, the Which is the always U funny word. because I tell them, you know, that's all the people that I know are <laughs> yeah. still yeah. city people. So it's almost as if there's almost two different cities. Yeah. You know? it's, it's the people that have been here forever and then who, like, the transplants don't really see or, like, interact with as much or don't know but I was always people I was always shocked at people that would be surprised that mm-hmm. there was someone who was a local that was you know still slinging slinging drinks in the bar and that name unicorn I mean come on yeah we're not we're not rare <laughs> right just live and you'll find us yeah anywhere you go you'll find people yeah. that yeah. They were probably stoked to have you, though. It was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And it, I, it was just another phase, like I was saying, from my friends in college of introducing people to the city. I would just, I always love to take people out and on hikes and to all these different places and say, you know, we rolled a keg all the way up Mount Davidson <laughs> when I was a youth, you know. Um, because really, there's everywhere that you go, there's something to appreciate. And store and for you stories, yeah, yeah, and they continue, you know, they continue to come out because that's when I was in high school. At least I was one of the first people in my class to get my driver's license, mm-hmm. and so and I really wasn't a big drinker in high school, so I would just drive. Like I put my pedal to the metal, and drove straight first head first into popularity because I would just drive <laughs> yeah, like did. people from parties and like you know, hangouts and they were always at in like beautiful locations, like at the top of Mount Davidson overlooking the city or at the Palace of Fine Arts or in Golden Gate Park or Stowe Lake or all of these great, like Merced, all these great spots that are just, you know, in your backyard as you're growing up, but until you see other people enjoying them and appreciating them for the first time, it's a different experience. It's different. Um, I'm not going to beat this to death, but I'm a transplant and to me, like, Things like going to Alcatraz, going to the park, yeah. going to Palace of Fine Arts. That you know, there's a list. Yeah, and they never get old. I'm like, even the the the, the most touristy of the tourist things. Like, there's parts of Fisherman's Wharf where I'm like, get me out of here. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know, and and yeah. So I I can't imagine for someone who like you has been here. Yeah. I mean, like I still want to go ice skating at union square. Awesome. (laughs) Even though it can be a nightmare with (laughs) all of, like you said, all the tourists and all the shoppers and whatnot. Like those are still things that I really like to do. Are they going to do the ice rink this year? Um, I don't know. They did one. I feel like at city hall last year. I think that I heard that they might be putting it up already. There's going to be an ice rink There's like a smaller one at city hall. I know that, but I think that they, I would assume they bring it back, but not sure. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so you're working for the Tonic Group. Mm-hmm. You're b- bartending at different bars? Yeah, or? I'm bartending at different bars that they've got right, around right. the city. Okay. And just, like, hopping around the city. I'm also hosting a weekly trivia night for them, which Where has did, been rather successful. Where did that start? That started at Tonic, and I inherited that from um, a previous, from a, a good friend now, but he, at the time 
was um, the owner's brother, who was also a comedian, and he moved to L.A. to pursue um, his career yeah. in that, and they needed a um, a trivia host, and they were like, you're just about as sassy as he is. <laughs> like, I think this might work. So they picked you? It wasn't a volunteer thing? Like, they, no, they're like, they asked if this? I would be interested, and yeah. I said no, because I didn't feel comfortable speaking really in front of you know Stranger. groups yeah, yeah. yeah. and um they kind of coaxed me into it and um i started out really nervous um yeah. and like not really knowing how to control a crowd especially inside of a bar mm -hmm. and i've been doing it for seven years now about do you want to talk about the first time you did it or yeah. and, and or if that's when you overcame the fear by just doing it or um, I had a lot of support behind me, so um, every I was already working for the company and had many friends um, that were like, you can do this, just be yourself, but we're gonna shove a microphone in front of you. <laughs> and like a bunch of people inside a bar. And um, yeah, I was super nervous and um, my friend took me out for like a couple drinks beforehand to, you know, coax the nerves mm -hmm. um, and I was lucky because I'd already been working there so a lot of the trivia regulars were there and knew me but I didn't really know much about I'd never gone to a trivia night before I didn't okay. know what a like what a thing it was mm -hmm. like there's you know people that show up every week oh, yeah. and bring their friends and get super competitive yeah. and have a lot of fun but I wasn't familiar with like how to run that or how mm -hmm. to structure that um, and were the questions, did you write the questions I, at yeah. the time? Okay, and okay. specifically because the guys at Tonic, they didn't want it to be one of the ones where I we just get the questions from somewhere else. Like, I know there's groups that do that, um, but they were like, we want your personality to be really, we want it to be built around that. We want yeah. people that want to come to see you and have fun with you and laugh with you. Um, so... You, you know, and they gave me, the last host gave me a structure, but um, I went from having to spend hours and hours and hours, like, trying to come up with questions, to now getting it all done years later in, like, an hour's time tops. Wow. Uh, but it was really, really fun. Like, the trivia scene is, I, it's really fun. Was it from that first time of just... Yeah, that first, I still wasn't comfortable yet. It took a while. Uh, because the um, his name is Casey Lai. He's a comedian um, based in L.A., but he comes up here, too. He was so good mm. and still is um, at what he does. But I was not a comedian. I was not someone who, like, was super comfortable, even though I'm definitely a social person, was not really comfortable speaking in front of, you know, strangers. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was a lot to inherit. But um, it just all it really took, like anything, is just practice and not giving up when you know it. yeah anytime i you know you feel like i can't do this or i don't want to do this like oftentimes that's something that is worth exploring yeah and so if you kind of push past all of that you get somewhere i d can get somewhere you know comfortable and right. successful and um, it has grown quite a bit so over the years and we moved it from tonic to at one point i was doing it for tonic soda pop and Dr. Teeth, so I would oh. do three nights a week okay. um, with three entirely different crowds. Yeah. Um, and now it's just down to Soda Pop. When did it start for you? For me, it started, I think, God, 
I think I'm coming up on seven years. 2014. Yeah. Or it, so. Around. I can't be positive, but. The point is you did it for a number of years and you were grooving and enjoying it. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened. Right. Um, the pandemic happened and it went virtual, if you can believe that. Awesome. Um, good, it, good, yeah. Good. And good, still good. is to a certain extent. So I started um, doing trivia virtually okay. um, for various companies who would be doing normally if it weren't a pandemic would be doing an offsite or um, a team building activity but mm -hmm. obviously couldn't get together so um, yeah with the help of a really cool company called Marco Experiences who one of the founders of that company was a previous trivia regular of mine and he um, was like hey buddy like we're looking for a trivia host to create this experience for teams across the country and even overseas. I've done a couple international ones, if you can believe that. And so um, we lickety split figured out how to do it over Zoom with like breakout rooms and screen shares and all that stuff. And that's still going. So we've got it here. It's called Trivia, Tonic Trivia with Matt Sterling, but it also is going out to people all over the country. Okay, and, and, and I just have to say for our listeners, yeah. um, some of whom might have been at our first pub quiz night back in September, which seems about like 17 years ago it or seems, so. Yeah. Um, it was a youth. Is that this is, this is why, and, and thanks also to our mutual friend mm -hmm. Lindsay for connecting us, but this is why if we're going to do this, we wanted you yeah. to write the questions. Uh -huh. um, and ultimately we wanted you to host. It doesn't matter that it didn't work out. It'll, it will in the future. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. It will make in the it future. work in It'll another happen. iteration. But yeah, and so and also, not having ever attended any of your mm -hmm. pub quiz, I'm familiar with pub quiz, but um, now I like I really want to go. Yeah, it's I, it's I a will. doozy. It's uh, yeah. we moved them to Thursday nights because it was um, it originally was on Tuesdays, which was six, very successful in its own right. But um, we've got a really good groove now on a Thursday night where people here, yeah, and okay. it's I mean it's it's a party. It's yeah. it's really not. It certainly is challenging um and competitive mm -hmm. but the point is we also want people to just have fun yeah and, like not feel like you know they're not up on current events and or yeah. they don't remember like any general knowledge from elementary school like it's not meant to frustrate anybody it's supposed to be a boozy casual fun an excuse a different yeah. type of flavor it's of fun almost the end of the, a different and even a different type of flavor of like pub night pub yeah. or pub quiz night did you see the news that i saw recently that lavar burton has been uh, signed to host a trivial pursuit show no but good for him i did Speaking enjoy his time on jeopardy yeah. um yeah yeah but that's where i mean a lot of the i grew up watching jeopardy with my dad mm -hmm. um and so even though it was difficult for me to figure out like how to get my own little lane within trivia mm -hmm. i was like well i grew up watching quiz shows so i you're can adjacent make i'm quiz adjacent quiz yeah. show adjacent <laughs> yeah. so um but we have over many years built it up into yeah like a super fun light-hearted um you know the booze is flowing and people are having a good time awesome yeah Okay, uh, what I would like to end with, okay. uh, if it's okay with you, is our theme this season is we're still here. Okay. How do you respond as someone who is effectively never left right. to still being here? We've talked about it a lot. but Yeah. Um, I'm grateful, first and foremost. Um, I 
had seen a lot of the city change pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, as many people know, with Google, Facebook, tech, the big tech boom, people being priced out of the city, a lot of them natives, a lot of them like lifetime locals. Um, so the city has been in flux and changing for many years before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened, I mean, shit really shut down. Mm-hmm. And I, it shut down everywhere, but I was surprised at how many people that I know and love left, how many businesses closed that I, that I also have loved. Um, and that is a you know really sad and unfortunate thing that you know many people had no control over. Mm-hmm. And so to be coming out of it, and San Francisco was tight. Mm-hmm. The restrictions were early mm-hmm. and tight for a long time. Mm-hmm. So this is right around now is about the first, and we're really starting to see it coming back to life as much as it has since pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. which is a great thing to see people patronizing businesses again, especially small and local businesses yeah. that were able to make it through. Um, but what it means to me to still be here is just gratitude um, for those that were able to stay and not only for financial reasons, but did what needed to be done to keep their mental and emotional health intact to the best of their ability and to be able to celebrate us as people and businesses as well and the city itself and as a culture to still be here and to be coming out of it with hopefully a brighter future and a better appreciation and respect for community. You know, it's, it's often hard. I think people find a really difficult time, especially if they're transplants, finding a feeling of community in a big metropolitan city. Um, but that certainly is there, especially here where you can turn a corner and be in an entirely different neighborhood with a totally different feel. Um, San Francisco definitely is a place of community for many people and it is there. So, um, yeah, we, it is there, it is still here. Um, and my hope is that those that are still here are able to breathe a new life back into the city. That was Matt Sterling. On the next storied San Francisco, get to know musician Kitten on the Keys. Episode 30 drops next Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 160 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, keep dreaming, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.